Creative South podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm, at jfrostholm on Twitter. Creative South is coming up in three weeks, and there are less than 50 tickets left, but there is still plenty of time to sign up for a workshop. Learn about social interaction design with Antoinette Carroll, setting up your creative business with Brad Clements, bookbinding with Shan Ferreira and Mike Lawson, and many other topics. If you haven't picked up your ticket yet, or you still need to sign up for a workshop, head over to creativesouthga.com and sign up today before it's too late. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes or Stitcher, rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. My guest this week is the master of thick lines, Aaron Drapley. We talk about growing up in the Midwest, his busy work and speaking schedule, family, Aaron teases his talk at Creative South, and we discuss his upcoming book, Draplin Design Company, pretty much everything, available at ddcbook.com right after this. Do you ever wonder if there are other people who love spreading misery and raining on people's parades? If you have, you're a jackass. Sorry, but you're the worst. That's not what City Luck Fortune Cookies are about. We aim to spread a little sarcasm and fun to the darkest places in this world. If you're reminded that life is a series of unrelated, strange events that sometimes involve cats, that's not our fault. City Luck Fortune Cookies are the perfect gift for when you need to add a little cynicism to your friend's day, burst the bubble of your jerk coworker, or just share a little dark humor with your best friend. City Luck Fortune Cookies are handcrafted by Zach and Beth, who have way too much time and felt on their hands. Visit CityLuckFortune.com to buy a three-pack that you can send to your friends, enemies, or try to collect all the fortunes yourself. Enter promo code FAMILY to get 33% off your first order. Always weird, but never mean-spirited. City Luck Fortune Cookies. So, um, yeah, let's uh, kick it off. All right. Aaron, thanks for joining me on the uh, Creative Self Podcast. Thanks, man. Jason Frostholm, coming from the uh, Frostholm, looks like the, the mudroom, the executive mansion. Uh, where yes. do you live? Where do you live? I am in Mobile, Alabama. Mm, Mobile. Okay. I've, yeah, been, I, I've been through all, uh, driven, across a whole, driven across a bunch of uh, Alabama in my day, but I've never been to Mobile. Maybe just whip through it, maybe. So we're right on the Gulf Coast. Okay. I've whipped so through if, yeah. yeah. So if you're coming from New Orleans and heading to Atlanta or something like that, you kind of drive right through us and then head north. I see. Cool. All right. Yeah. But I, um, like you, I'm originally from the Midwest. Where? I, uh, ac- I actually grew up in Minnesota, right outside Minneapolis. Nice. Nice. So where, what yeah. was that town or what was that? Uh, it was called Chaska. Um, uh, sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, at the time it was a really kind of small town. I mean, my, na- my neighborhood was literally right next to a farm. Sure. Sure. I, um, I love Minneapolis, man. I loved living there. I, I, I was in school and stuff, but I... Well, that's what I was about to ask you. You went to school there, right? Yeah, I really dug it. Yeah, I went to uh, Minneapolis College of Art and Design, in, um, which would have been uh, 1998 to 2000. And it was incredible. It was incredible. I, I you know, I... Uh, I didn't really have any sort of bar to, you know, to, you know, it, it was way better than where I was living out west as far as, like, mm-hmm. I was immersed in school. Um, right. But it was it was it was just a cool place, and I really kind of you know turned off the West and sure. and and moved myself back there and really could focus. And it was all about design, everything from you know nerding around the Walker Art Center all the way mm-hmm. down to sort of like going to a scrap metal place, which was you know just as interesting to me, you know. But it was cool. great; it was a great place. Yeah. So you grew you grew up like right outside of Detroit, right? Well, now two hundred fifty miles. Not right outside. Yeah. Oh. I mean, oh. we we spent a lot of time in Detroit because my, my okay. from there, and then um, relatives were all still there. But in seventy seven, they moved us north a couple about four hours north, and that's we grew up in a town called uh, Traverse City, which was about four okay. yeah four hours north. But we would go see bands and you know bullshit down there. Um, mm-hmm. That's where you would go to school, you know, school shopping growing up yeah. you know, to go to the city. And then as we got old enough, 15, 16, 17, to go skateboard and see bands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's really where you got your first taste of culture. So for you, you only had to go maybe, what, half hour to get to Minneapolis? Yeah, about 45 minutes. Okay, so we you know we had to go five hours. So the, what that meant is, if you were a, a senior in high school and you're in a whip down there at you know right as school got done to try to get to some band that started at nine or ten, when uh-huh. the thing's done at two in the morning, you'd have to drive home. And I remember getting <laughs> home as like the bell rang, like just getting dropped oh. 
school from you know he would park his car my buddy would park his car we'd run to the to our, our class starting the next morning and sleep through class you know yeah it's 1991 <laughs> yeah yeah so well you and i are about the same age i'm i just turned 40 in july so a lot of fun huh yeah it's uh not man my my fucking eyebrows hurt hurt these days i don't know what that means yeah, it's interesting when you wake up in the morning feeling worse than when you went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's it's a joke now, but it really is like to make me um, to make me pause, you know, and kind of go, wow. You know, um, you sleep on your arm the wrong way. You know, I'm a side sleeper and you yeah. wake up and the top of your arm hurts, man, for a couple of hours. And that's just <laughs> you slept like a pretzel on your arm. But, you know, I would, oh, yeah. I think I have some horrible you know, ailment or disease or affliction. I don't even know what, you know, whatever. I mean, this is, if this is how it goes, I yeah. can this much. I've made it to 42. That's yeah. good. If I make yeah. it to 43, Jason, it'll be a, a triumph of the spirit <laughs> will and chemistry and physics and physicality and, and Lipitor and all that fun stuff. <laughs> what muscle, spit, bone, sinew, fart and shit. And whoever, <laughs> amazing sort of concoction of like, you know, I mean, I, I, I watched people kind of like complain about things, you know, growing up, be it friends of the family or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I just don't want to be that. If you hurt, you hurt. Big deal. You, I mean, I made it 40 this many years. It's been pretty good. It's getting better each year, too. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure there will be a, a real gnarly <clears throat> crash at some point and I'll just sort of die in the woods. <laughs> but anyway, moving right along. What do you got? man? What, what, are, you, what are we talking about here? So we're talking about you and, uh, you know, I was kind of struggling to come up with things to talk to with you about because it's stumped me. I'm coming back to this creative self. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm oh, really excited about that. A lot of Lenny Terenzi running around that place, like the mayor of that town. I know. Yeah. I know. I know that guy. I know. Yeah. North finest, finest. But, you know, I'm mean, <laughs> going back to this thing and I, I don't really know what to really expect. Did you go last year? Yeah, I did. Um, so it was crazier, right? Because I think I went a couple years ago, and it was maybe three hundred. And last year was what seven hundred? Yeah, it was seven hundred last year. And the first year I went was two thousand fourteen, and there were about five hundred that year. Okay. So in one year to add two hundred is yeah, definitely a noticeable difference. Wow. Um, yeah. Who are? But it was all, a lot of fun. Where, where do they all stay? You know. Um, most of the people stay at the Marriott downtown, which is in walking distance to the venue. Uh-huh. Um, so, and it's, it's a Marriott. Yeah. Oh man. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to get in that Marriott. If those walls could talk, if those walls <laughs> could talk, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. What do we just, got? Just get you some barbecue and uh, go to town on it. You know what? I don't even like barbecue. I don't really? Even, it's, it's, it's so primal. You're eating off the bone and stuff. And I don't even really like sweet meat. I was just in Kansas city mm-hmm. and a big gnarly, fatty sinewy pile of of brisket and that was pretty mm. good but i i can't do the barbecue man it's something about the bone it's, it's a buddy 10 or 12 years ago mm-hmm. eating at a place in austin and i was watching him with a bone going you can't <laughs> see this when you're listening to this shit but the idea that the bone <laughs> i can the, see it though <laughs> sucking the bone and some kind of marrow and 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 and, and like fur and shit and it's just ugh, like I don't, you know, not that, you know, eating a piece of chicken or some bratwurst is any different, but it, it's just something about it, man. I don't know. You know, the last time I had fried chicken, which was incredible in Atlanta at um, uh-huh. Mama Bee's or Mother Bee's or Baby Bee's or some bee, this incredible soul food restaurant where, mm-hmm. where Killer Mike sat with Bernie Sanders and had a lunch. These guys got mm-hmm. to know each other. We went there and I had fried chicken. And I have to say. When you start getting into some of the, you know, really getting the, getting the meat off that thing, I kind of stop mm-hmm. myself. I kind of stop myself when you're really digging around on the bones. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you get me a couple bottles of water. Uh-huh. Okay. About a 10 to 12-gallon pump of lube. No, no. Don't put that in the <laughs> Go back. Go back. Go. And seriously, in the room, all I need in the room is I just need – a couple bottles of water, good, strong Wi-Fi, and I will entertain myself with all my little goofy, you know, I have projects. Because I know when I'm going to be down there, I'll be down there a couple extra days, and I'll be working, uh-huh. you know. I'm, I, You know, uh, it sounds kind of cool to be like, oh, you're you're traveling there, and you're going to go run around the town, and, you know. 
I'll probably kind of you know hang and do my 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 my, my duty for 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 Mike, but um and for the for the thing. But I'll kind of I kind of retreat and go work. And there's always a thousand things kind of going. I've built. Well, that's a, what I. I've, yeah, so that's kind of what I was curious about because you've got, you know, got a, um, a lot of irons in the fire at yeah. one time, and between traveling to do speaking engagements, because I know um, you were up in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago at the Switchyards. I saw a bunch of people talking about that. Yeah, that I know that went to go see you, and then. Um, and then, you know, between balancing that and, you know, the regular work you got to do where it's design and then the business side of things and then, you know, an actual personal life. How do you find all that time? Well, I mean, I know, I know, you know, like it's it's interesting because it's like, you know, whatever I took on, I, I created this monster. So if I took a project on, that's number one. That's paramount sure. because they're paying a dollar, you know, whatever. <laughs> There's money exchange and stuff. And I have a great responsibility. I I watch people who can fudge that. And I, I will never understand that because if a client or whatever project can smell that you're kind of, you know, either half fastened it or it's at the bottom of the rung, you know, like in the hierarchy. I'd be yeah. bummed. I'd be bummed, you know, if I'm paying, you know, that cash. And yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm really good about that. Like if I'm on the road or I'm home, that is number one. I won't really leave the shop until I feel good about whatever I promised. Mm-hmm. And then you move your way down the hierarchy. You know, it's like, well, you know, if I've got a fun project going for myself, um, today I was working on a Wyoming uh, Things We Love poster. Where I pound these, you know, dead logos and little mm. colloquialisms and sayings and lore and, you know, stats into and stuff. And I was working on, and I was really enjoying that. But that's also something I kind of promised myself. To answer the question, you know, I really like being in here. Mm. And the idea that, yeah, you know, people are going to go out and, you know, I don't know what they'll do at Creative South. They're going to go rage or drink until <laughs> they need their stomachs pumped or whatever the basics are for a Creative South, you know, uh, attendee. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I like to work, you know, I, I, uh-huh. I, I'm, I always have a ton of email to deal with, to deal with, which is just mm-hmm. really embarrassing, but I just know how fast we're all moving. I, I think we all can relate to that. You know, I know <laughs> we can. I, I just don't, I like to talk about it so that maybe people will hear that from my little stupid soapbox and say, well, I don't need to send 40 emails, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, it's really like, I don't want to say it's, you know, it just scares me because I can't really, you know, I can't really shut things off, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, the moment I say, all right, thanks you guys. Everything's cool. I get another email just kind of saying something, you know, they needed that. I mean, whatever. And that, that's, it's not clients. It's just filling out paperwork for stuff, you know, I mean, 1099s yeah. and flights, <laughs> but I, I, I really pride myself on doing all of that for myself. And uh-huh. I pride myself, yeah, I pride myself on, you know, I don't want to rely on someone else and then sort of get some weird detachment thing going. Now, yes, I'm sure someone else could help me get more time to, you know, but like last night I was at the house and I had, you know, we were home kind of early to talk to a contractor who's going to help us put, um, you know, some stuff in the house and a couple of Mm. home improvements. By the time he was out, I'm going through that right now too. Oh man. By the time (laughs) we was done, you know, it was about nine o'clock, which is an early night. I should be getting home by nine. Right. Right. So I was ready to work. So I worked for a couple more hours. I mean, I'm going to lay there. I'm going to watch tube or clean or I'm going to go through records or I'm going to, I don't know, do something around the house. It's just as enjoyable to me to, to peck around on, on a little Wyoming poster. You know, I mean, is that a sickness? It's hard for me to turn off, um, you know, turn off the little spigot and say, okay, now I'm done. Now I go home and yeah, you have a supper, but I get a couple hours of free time and my mind will go right to advancing along whatever slog I'm kind of, you know, embroiled in, you know, and I Mm. just another couple hours to peck away at something, be it a fun project, be it a client project. You know, that's really the, the privilege of this thing is more often than not, I don't really feel like that sort of like I hate touching this. I hate touching this, but the, at the end of that little rainbow is a paycheck, right? Yeah. I hate the client. I hate their <laughs> face. I hate the the whole state they live in. All the basic shit you go through when you're working on a client project, right? Sure. I don't really feel any of that. You know, it's weird. I mean, I you know, every now and again there'll be some little thing where I'm just I have too many things to do, and I just have mm-hmm. to really be articulate how 
you know, uh, I break the time down and I'm, I'm usually pretty good about that. I'll make a list and I'll, I'll, I'll hammer on something as long as I need to feel like I make a little bit of progress and then stop, mm-hmm. jump to the next thing and hammer and then really stop myself and get up and move around the shop. Like yeah. play some boxes, recycle some stuff, pack an order, move, and then come back here. Like I, I you know, when I was in uh, Kansas City a couple of days ago, one of the, you know, every one of these workshops I do, there's always some kid who says, what do you do about writer's or creative block? You know, writer's block, creative block. And it's just like, you guys, get rid of those terms. We invented them for ourselves when you just can't, like, no, none of this shit is hard, you know, and it's right. just amazing to me that we invent these things for ourselves to sort of like, you know, make sense of like us feeling up against the wall. I'm not uh-huh. against the wall in anything I do. I just try to remember that. And then that helps me when I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just a little, just a little spread too thin, you know, which is right. say every day. But, who, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's no big whoop. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. If I'm, if I'm just talking. No, yeah, no, that does make sense. Cause I mean, I know for me and from what I've seen, you seem to be a lot busier than I am because I've got a you know full time job doing an in-house design. Yeah. And I come home and, you know, two, sometimes three days a week, I'm recording a podcast and I got to yeah. edit at some point. And, you know, I got a wife and kids and, yeah. you know, I want to spend time with them as well. Yeah. So yeah. none of that do I not enjoy, but it's kind of that prioritizing in the moment of which one needs to which, which fire to feed at that time? Well, right. I mean, here, you know, here's a deal. If in your hierarchy, you know, and I'm shit, if, if I, my little nephew, when, when I'm around him, he goes right to the top. Right. You know, because let's hang out, let's play Legos, let's wrestle, let's, you know, let's just hang out, you know, and that's way better than any job with the clients. But I'm pretty good, like, un, until I allow myself to go down there and hang out. Mm-hmm. I have to get the big stuff out of the way, you know, and your right. job, you know, if you're, you said your in-house gig, you know, mm-hmm. Hey man, you got it out of the way, go home and chill. Job number two, you know, obviously is, you know, with these little you know creatures and hang out with them and be a dad and roll around and yeah, seven year old twins, what you guys are doing seven year. Okay. Seven year olds. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Well, that's, you know, you're a dad. That's really incredible. And, and, and then when those little rugrats go to bed, you know, you can do all this kind of stuff and, you know, uh, you know, uh, fly with the eagles, you know, whatever. But, you know, listen, hey, last night, you know, my buddy who was the contractor, there was a really mm-hmm. little moment where he said, you know, I'm done with work around four. And I said, well, how about mm-hmm. me at my house at 430? He said, no, 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 no. From 415 to about 715, that is my time with my boys. He's got two, like a little guy, four and like a, and a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. And every day, that's the best time because it's right before they go to bed and they're yeah. playing and they're, you know, they're waiting for him to get home. And I just said, okay, I'll meet you at the house at 730. Cool, cool. You know, whatever that was, it was just sort of like, oh man, that is just job number one. He works yep. all day to get to that. And he, you know, in that time he laughs and, you know, there's some crying probably from the little ones and whatever <laughs> ups and downs of the cycle of life. But, um, I don't know. I look at that and just kind of go, you know, here's the deal in here, you know, mm-hmm. um, there are days when I'm humming along so fast. It's, it's very, um, elegant to me how much I can pack into a day. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, um, you know, it's very like, I'm choreographed sometimes like, you know, I'm going to Amsterdam in a couple days. Oh, nice. And tomorrow will be one of these hot, fast, way too much to do before I split town kind of days. But I love mm-hmm. those things. I remember them. I, I make lists and I can go back a week later and say, wow, I got all the orders shipped. I got all my, my work sent. I pecked away through all these stupid emails and stuff and mm-hmm. got myself ready to get on that plane for nine hours of, um, Oh, you ought to see me in that seat. Oh, it is so gross. All sweat <laughs> packed in there like a big sardine. No, no, no. This <laughs> I the global upgrade over to Amsterdam, and I'm getting I'm getting the uh, the upgrade for the big seat, and I'll be up in the front. Nice business people, and and uh, and uh, you know, uh, Lee, my my better half, she'll be in the back with all the hay and. 
circus <laughs> animals and uh, you know babies puking on things and whatever else is back there. But she ever guilt trip you about that and make you switch? Are you kidding me? Oh, of course. <laughs> she is so bummed. And I, hey, I put the time in. I put the time. I mean, I've been flying a lot. I put yeah. the time in at all those airports. I sit in all those planes to go to entertain people like you. And the Creative Souths and whoever the hell else, Atlanta two weeks ago, uh, two nights. We did 250 one night, and I think it was 260 the next night. That's yeah. insane. It makes me a little wobbly even to say it because, you know, I'm, I'm so proud to do it. And I was surprised to see we had that good of a turnout, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. So I got, a, I got a question for you surrounding that. Do you ever – do you ever get used to – you being the commodity versus the work. And I mean, not that going up and speaking isn't work, but oh, yeah. you're being the, you're the product at that point well, versus. Yeah. I mean, think you know, of it like, this. It's like I, a couple years ago, I spent some time with this guy, David Yao from one of my, the bands I love growing up named the Jesus lizard. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I just had this moment with him. I said, you know, I, I always think about this, like, thank you for what you guys did because I got to, I got to receive that. I got to to be on the receiving end of that and enjoy it as a fan. But every now and again, I'll get a little sad. What was your version of what I received from you? Right. And I. Yeah, I, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. I mean, and, and I have to tell you, it's like it's fun to do it. It's fun to talk. You get a little tired and you get dumb. People want to go out and eat and drink and screw around or whatever. And you're like, oh, I just want to go back to the room and crash. But. You have to understand, I, I, I went to some of these as a kid, and I remember, you know, I always talk about the same old bunch of shit, but, you know, um, seeing Shepard Fairey, mm-hmm. and they whisked him away. Like, before you knew it, he was gone, you know, and you're just like, I, I want to shake his hand, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it was a bummer. So I make myself very available. If a kid is interested and wants to meet me or tell me their story or sometimes ask for a job, or what, you know, the sort of weird things that happen at these things. Well, that's why I'm there. I'm there to kind of share this sort of little experience. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it gets weird because sometimes I just want to, like, you get there and you're all excited. You're setting up uh-huh. and you're watching people shuffle in and it's fun and it's neat and you're, and you're watching this go down. And then you, in some weird way, you realize, oh, shit, I'm the one who has to talk. Because <laughs> you're just kind of getting excited to be around all of it. And there are times where I'm just like, I just want to kind of sit in the crowd and listen. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great privilege. It's such a great opportunity to, to share stuff. I'm not there to take their work. I'm not there to try to really measure, you know, um, I don't even know what you call it. Who's better, who's faster, who's more clients, who's more designy. I don't, whatever. It's to me, it's just been this really peculiar thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to tell my little funny anecdotes and stories and turn it into like a bit of a, you know, a little explosion of just like, never thought I'd be able to do this, you know. <coughs> I Excuse me. I got a little oh, you're itch in the throat. You know, never thought I'd be able to do this. And and here, here we are doing it again in two nights in Atlanta. And mm-hmm. this is the weird part. The second night, kids came back. And I didn't really change it up all that much. I mean, my, my show has always been the who, what, when, where, why. Mm. But the why kind of changes. It evolves. It gets weirder. It gets more. There's happenstance. There's there's brushes with celebrity. There's brushes. Well, life happens in I mean, the shit, in between. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you know, I mean, how many more stories can you have? You know, I mean, I yeah. have a number of stories, and I, I assume the crowd doesn't know it. But sometimes I'll say, "Hey, who's heard this garbage?" And half the hands go up and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you you know, and they just say, just keep going, blah, 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 you know, because I don't know. It's like, a, I guess you go see, it's not like a weird third person shit, but you know, I'll go see a band again, uh-huh. but it's how they mix it up is what's fun. And I throw curveballs all the time, you know, and, and have little extra parts. I've tried things that just did not work and people just didn't understand, you know, mm. um, I, I've tried – they're bits. I guess comedians call them bits, you know, but they're like yeah. bits. You, you make a little thing up and you think, well, this is kind of interesting. I'm going to tell this story of why or a lesson I learned. And, you know, if in the moment I smell that someone's already heard it, mm-hmm. I can go and find another aspect to then go and really turn the volume up on it. And I do it all the time because I really, really feel like, you know, they're there. It's the sharing and – 
and it shouldn't just be the thing where you listen and that's like, right. you know, I, I mean, I want, I want, I want them to feel it and get freaked out or get excited or think I'm a, a turd or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever the, the sort of range of stuff, I want to engage them and, 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 you know, kind of mess with them a little bit and not in a weird way, just engage them. That's all. Right. Hey, does that bother you? That sound? I don't even hear it. Great. You've answered the question. Okay. <laughs> we have our heater, you know, whatever, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. you know, commodity or not, I mean, it's, I'll have a kid come up to me and say, you know, this is always the coolest, man, I was afraid to come up to you. And then you made it easy and you hugged me and whatever. And I just want to say, thanks. You know, that's about once a show. And I'll just say, Hey man, I'm here to just revel in the weirdness of graphic design. Number one, Yeah, we're supposed to be pounding in some pounding on keyboards in some like office somewhere and then you get done you undo the chains and you go home you know and it's like i I don't know it it hasn't really been like that that hasn't really been my experience more Mm. it's more like i don't have enough time you know hidden in my little corner here where i'm at right sure you know so yeah so when you i mean obviously there's you know on stage aaron but when you get off stage do you turn it down and are you able to turn that off immediately like we're how we're talking right now i mean i would hope that's, yeah. that's how i would talk up on a stage you know i mean i mean this is well i mean this is what my, my, my girl will say you know yeah okay turn that shit off and it's like wait a second wait a second wait a second because i you know because i get a little bit louder around uh-huh. a buddy or something and we're, we're we're you know we're guffawing or horsing around that's me and right. i had a couple you know numb nuts challenge me and say you know like well you're on stage aaron you know what no, this is who I am, and this is how I talk. And this is how I explain things. And if because of your inflection changes, that's because you're just trying to talk to a couple hundred people. But that doesn't really change when I come off the stage. If anything, if I'm if I'm if I'm exhausted, I just have less bullshit to to kind of talk about, you know, because I'm tired, you know. And that's mm-hmm. where you'll notice me. I, I can retreat pretty quick, so I, I just yeah. get out of the people's way. You know, but if, you know, here's the deal. I'll go on those shows. They wake me up sometimes seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. We go to the breakfast with the grad students. We go over to the school. We do something from, you know, nine to 11, 12 or nine to mm-hmm. 11. I get done. I have a little lunch with a bunch of students. I come back. I do something from two to four. I set my merch table up. We do the talk at 630 and it gets done by nine, you know, or whatever after shaking hands and answering questions and then you go out and have a dinner afterwards and you get back to the room by 1146 it's a long full day with the people of uh, kansas city or something right yeah but it's fun and yeah you know they feed you and you meet a bunch of people and yes you, you find yourself lapping yourself where you're going you know they're asking the same bunch of questions and i, I tell them what i do it's not an act this is it you know but yeah so uh, Part of the reason I was asking that is because I called you yesterday and, you know, you pick up. You've obviously never seen my number before, but, you know, it it very much felt like the same conversation we're having now. Um, I mean, where, no, you tell me, are other people different when you get them on the on the, you know, because I. Well, I think some people are. I don't I mean, I don't know you well, so it's, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I, I Here's what I would say. The biggest voices out there have mm-hmm. no i mean they'll 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 kind of cherry pick right and then get me wrong yeah that's too bad because the some of the tinier shitty or little tiny voices who are my buddies they know mm-hmm. what an animal i am on <laughs> off you know whatever they know they know and and you're the same person no matter what you may just get a little louder when you're talking to well, 200 300 people like it's just to, for the sake of a little bit of extra stagecraft but what i'm getting at is right whether I'm talking to you right now or mm-hmm. talking in front of a bunch of people or dealing with a client or with my buddy who was just in here before, you, you know, be, me and you were talking, that is me. That is me. Mm. And I, that's, that's the best I could say, you know, because if I had to think about it to go and guard 
and and pull some kind of like because listen I'll, I'll do these podcasts where i'm talking to the kid and the kid talks hey man so the, we're doing this we're doing this we're doing that so press, press this play and hello here we are in podcast land he's got this what the fuck's <laughs> he is ira glass or something or you know ernie harwell or something who's he, who's he think he is you know and then he's mm-hmm. like come on man just chill out just chill out you know like just talk you don't you don't have to turn it on when the microphone's in front of you. Enjoy yourself. You know, right. you know, say something stupid, you know, uh, say something, you know, whatever, funny, you know, say something, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 poignant, you know, mm-hmm. think about think of an idea, try to try, you know, listen, and I, I get talking, man. My record, my record on a podcast for an answer is 8 minutes. Who talks? <laughs> who has an 8 minute answer? That is megalomania or I was really just working it out, <laughs> you know, it's a weird thing. But these guys, these are young kids. They don't, they don't want to break me up, you know, and then I'm told I'm some kind of ball hog. No, these kids didn't have good questions, you know. Yeah. And it was boring as shit. And I'm going to like this full of kids. Hey, and I'll, I'll make it, you know, I'll, I'll talk and answer everything they got, you know. Right. Well, I hope I'm not boring you and <laughs> you're not just right. talking for that. No, I, the moment I <laughs> no I'm, I'm picking on the you. The moment I smell... The moment I smell where it's just kind of like, so what inspires you? Like, listen, what do yeah. you think? I've done this a thousand times. Well, here's what's inspired. You know, what I, mean? I love when they say, what's the worst thing about graphic design? I'll say, people interviewing me who I want to kill. <laughs> and they're just going to leave it. The kid's like, ah, I just know what to do. You know, that's. I know. I'm keep sorry. Like, you know, like this, this bullshit where, um, where were you just saying? You got to think on your toes. That's what we're getting at here. Right. And we were just. Junkin' with my buddy Corey Grope, who I did this thing called Cobra Dogs. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm his designer. Yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen you talk about it. For the hot dog car. Okay. Yeah. So Corey and I are at a junk sale, junkin' with my mom and Lee and I, and we're all sitting there. And as we're leaving, I walk out a couple of extra steps ahead of him, and he's checking out at the little old lady mm-hmm. and all the people, all the fidgets standing in line, sweating over shit they want to go eBay, right? Because these mm-hmm. people are entitled to some kind of profit from someone dying, right? This is the e- this is the estate sale scene. Mm-hmm. And as I look back to Corey, who's about seven or eight paces behind me, and he's he's checking out, I yell, "Hey, Corey, we got to get going, man. Your parole your parole meeting's in two hours." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, that's real funny." I go, "Well, it wasn't funny when you beat those people up at the estate sale when you got charged for all that shit." Now, see. That's just having fun. And everyone's right. looking at him, and they're looking at me. And I just walk away to my Volvo, and everything's cool. And he has to deal with the aftermath. With I don't know where I'm going with that, but you know, the idea is he must have said something to me when I walked by him, like, nice face, you asshole, or whatever he told me. That's <laughs> yeah. Talk to each other. And then I just kind of kept my cool, and I, 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 you know, I poised myself. And I let him. And anyway, <laughs> that is the best. I mean, it's like it's no different than my dad when my dad was around. You know, you're checking out, and my dad standing there, and he's watching me get my wallet, and we're getting the, the records. And my dad goes, "You might want to check his pockets. He's got a little bit of a history of stealing shit." And just oh. walks away, laughing. That's your own father. My dad. And the other like, what you know? And I, that is my dad. You know, that was my dad. You know, just to put you. On your toes, you know, just yeah. on your toes, you know. keep you alive a little bit. I mean, this same kind of bullshittery right here, mm-hmm. this is no different than when people come into the shop to, to work mm-hmm. or to, you know, come and get a tour or come and, you know, talk to students or get up sure. and talk in front of a bunch of people. I, you know what? I, have to, I just want to say I'm, I'm super proud of that because I really enjoy meeting people and I, I enjoy, you know, even when I'm totally busy and that happens a lot, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like I'm in the little zone and I got a bunch of stuff. I can always make time to just stop, get up and tell some kid, no, I'm not hiring or whatever. You know, hey, man, I mean, yeah. that guy's just cold call. Walk right in here and say, hire me. And I'm just like <laughs> looking at him like. No, I can't. Who are you? I can't. I can't hire you. Let me tell you why. You know, whatever. And then, you know, we hug and, you know, work it out. But I can always make time for that shit. You know, if I couldn't, that is scary. You know what I mean? If I couldn't, that's freaky. So, all yeah. right. What else you got? Well, I'm so I'm curious. You know, you I, I know you talk about your dad a lot and he passed, uh, what, about two years ago now? Yeah, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've heard you mention your mom every once in a while, but. You don't talk about her that much, so I'm curious about her. Well, my dad was a ball hog. My dad was yeah. a limelight. I mean, he'd get, I'd get done with these shows and he'd say, 
Hey, asshole, did you talk about me? I said, of course, Dad. I talked about you. No, 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 no. I, I know the slides. Did you really mm-hmm. talk about me? It was a joke. It was a joke. Right. There was a way, you know, that he would just, you know, sort of, you know, there was a there was a levity to him. He would never be serious about that. But of course, I just love to celebrate my dad. My mom is a lot quieter, right? Is she? Whereas Dad was the, you know, the yuck yuck. My mom would laugh, laugh along, but she's way more the cerebral one, the planner. You know, uh, she who has control over all the finances and stuff. My mom knew all the numbers. She kept the house running. He kept the house laughing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and my mom in her own right is will say certain things that are just like I I I don't know what you call it. Like I want to write them down in my little field notes. And I do. I do. She'll make a joke, um, you know, and I don't know how to really like I, I don't. Have any on the tip? I have more of my dad's on the tip of my tongue because they were pounded into me. For instance, for instance, you're watching the television, and mm-hmm. there's some bullshit, you know, shoot 'em up action movie, you know, yeah. or you know, whatever. And my dad would always just say, "Look at me and go, you know, Aaron, the book was really good. You know, I don't know. It's you know, it's <laughs> Escape from New York Eight or you know." <laughs> You know, Transformers 6 or, you know, Fast and Furious 9 or whatever the hell. You know, my dad would say, Aaron, the book was really good. Back to whatever he's doing. You know, it's like my mom. The movies that obviously are written by people who have never read a book. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just it's it's like this this really dry sense, you know, but what my mom really, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, has always, always sort of, um, you know, been an example of is, you know, she was level-headed, you know, mm-hmm. where I would, I would lose it. And, you know, she's good at planning and I've, I've watched her lose her shit over things too. Um, but yeah, you know, she's always been strong for us and mm-hmm. right there for us. And, you know, so was my dad. My dad was, a, was gone a little bit more because he was gone every other week traveling back and forth to, De- to you know, Detroit. Mm-hmm. So mom was kind of the long arm of the law. You know, she kept us in line because we were just around her more. You know, and my dad would come sure. home and be like, oh, he's coming home. It's a party. He's leaving. It's a big goodbye. You know, and there was always a lot of fanfare there. Um, but my mom, you know, she's actually out here right now for three months, oh, cool. you know. And oh, she's, wow. She's um, playing a lot of Scrabble. She's um, on her little iPad. She's um, taking walks. She's reading. Um, she's doing some knitting. Um, she's just taking it easy. She's doing some grandmothering to little Oliver, my my nephew, and she's just taking it real easy, you know. And my, you know, as soon as the spring comes, mm-hmm. coming up here, you know, we'll we'll ship her back in a crate of some sort back to Michigan, and then she'll be out in her her garden you know, all summer long. You know, bounce throw a, bottle, throw a bottle of water in there and a bowl of food and oh, put some man. bowls in there and she'll oh, yeah. fine. I mean, we'll, we'll get her home and then she'll be, you know, hammering around her, her home in northern Michigan. And when we're actually going to be going back and I think it's like half a for the second half of July and uh, August mm-hmm. to go help my mom. Because, you know, after my dad died, now we have to dismantle the whole, uh, you know, the empire. Right. Right. And, you know, last summer we did a chunk and two summers ago we did a chunk. And, oh, man, it just sucks. You know, your dad dies. I mean, you still have your parents? I do. Well, cool. Call them tonight. Tell them you love them. You know, up in Chaska or whatever the hell. Well, they're they're actually in Augusta, Georgia now. Oh, okay. I thought you say they're actually dead. I said, oh, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't backtrack on you. That would be that would be a dick move. Yeah, he's just like, it's a, you know, Aaron, you remember when your grandma quit smoking? Yeah. Drinking, mm-hmm. talking bad about people. Oh yeah, remember how she did it, right? Cold turkey. You know how she did that, Aaron. So how's that? She said, "It's a she died." <laughs> same kind of same kind of deal. But yeah, yeah. Call your parents. Tell them you love them. I, I did. I did a lot. You know. I mean, mm-hmm. none of this. You know. Uh, I don't know how to say it. You know, that sounded weird. But it's like I have a buddy, and he, yeah. he his dad's just kind of a bad guy. You know, I don't know what you call it. You know, he's just kind of a. He's just not a good guy. He's just he's got a new wife and mm-hmm. he's she has just ruined him. This you know, this guy's dad. Uh-huh. Because he's just caught between being a grandpa to these kids, he only sees a little bit, and then this wife who's just some raging beast of a of a of a of a you know, whatever, stepmom or something mm-hmm. in the world that she has. But you know, he's around her a lot more, so he has to keep the peace, right? Right. 
But he, it, she's she's just driving a wedge. Uh, you know, it's all whatever. It's so weird to even talk about. But here's what I'm getting at. Like my buddy has a big hole in him because he, you know he misses his dad, uh-huh. and the the, the pre you know pre beast was a different dad, right? Right. And he always says like, man, my dad passed away. You know, I need to tell him where I stand. And it's his choice to continue to be this difficult guy. Mm-hmm. But at least it's on him. Like I know a couple buddies who are in that kind of battle. Right. Yeah. And I, I just have to say, I'm so, so thankful. I have none of that with my dad. You know, I mean, I was just, he, we were really close. We were, we'd talk all the time. We'd bullshit about everything. We'd laugh. I'd sit right next to him on the couch and hold his hand or rub each other's backs or whatever the hell. Like we were like tight, no different than maybe how you have a seven year old, you know, and mm. you're like really close. I never lost that with my dad. I mean, obviously it's not like he's, you know, bouncing me on his knee or something I'm you know I'm on his shoulders or something but the idea of like it just was never like a dad dad kind of dad he was just cool he was chill mm-hmm. and now with my mom it's a lot of the same you know and you know she's a lot quieter and a little more reserved whereas sure. dad yeah dad was the wild one and um but you know here's the thing with bigger picture I love to talk about this shit because I mm-hmm. I'm lucky to have it you know and I love to to just riff on that, you know, and I'm, I'm telling you, as soon as we're done, I'm racing home and we have to figure out some kind of a supper situation. And that'll be with my mom <laughs> and me and we'll figure things out. You know, maybe it'll involve some sort of, you know, a uh, 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 pad thai noodle of some sort at the, at the Thai food place. Nice. I, you know, I had a kid ask me a couple days ago something about you're so open about your family. And I was like, yeah, but it's part of the story. You know, it's part of who you are. Yeah, it's part of the story. I mean, I, you know, it's not, you know, there's there's other parts of the story that, you know, I don't Then I made a low. Then I didn't make a low. Then I made a low. Then I didn't make a low. You know, whatever the fuck. I mean, that's what we're all, you know, what we're doing to make a living. But right. It's our experiences of how we got to where we got to where we, you know, to whatever. You know, my experience was you know, getting the hell out of Michigan and going far away and then realizing I went a little too far. And then, you know, slowly making my way back and back and back to where I was spending upwards of even about three and a half months there a year. You know, I oh, really yeah, I'd spent a couple months with my dad, you know, mom and dad um, in the summer and then mm-hmm. we'd go for a couple weeks at a couple of different times. And then we'd bring them out here three, you know, two, three times a year mm-hmm. um, for a couple of weeks at a time or 10 days or eight days. And if you add those days up, you know, we were together. A third of the year, which is great because I'm in Oregon, they're in Michigan. So, right. You know, yeah, that's a hike. You know, and some kind of level. I think my dad was just going to forever be back in Michigan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Away from the call. Uh, I used to call back and, you know, my mom would pick up the phone every time and dad would be down in his basement, you know, putzing along, making his little toys for my nephew or, you know, t- Toys for poor kids. No, he was like Santa Claus, right? Doing mm-hmm. cool things that he was doing. Um, and then my mom would put him on the phone. And now it's kind of like, she just doesn't put him on the phone. So in my mind, it's like, he's there. You know, it'll just be weird this summer when we go back, you know? Mm-hmm. And I threaten his urn. I will put that thing in the garbage in one minute. You know, <laughs> it's not fun. We're still having fun. You know, whatever, you know, like, yeah. You know, he used to joke with us when I go. You guys have a big bonfire or a yard sale or both, or just put me in the trash. You figure it out, you know? So when, <laughs> when, you know what we did? We took a little sprinkle of his ash into the trash. I don't know if we're breaking laws in Michigan, but we did that for him. We had a laugh, cried it out. And, uh, you know, a Vikings <laughs> funeral of sorts for Jim Draplin, you know, Northern Michigan. But, um, that, that yeah. reminds me of my, uh, my, my dad's dad when he, uh, he always used to joke that when he died, he wanted to be brought back as an egg timer, like the old hourglass type. <laughs> That's what's that? So uh, yeah. I, I, I still don't know the story behind that. I mean, he passed away when I was uh, 12, I think. Oh, so you knew, but, you knew him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like every year they'd come up and my my dad was um, in the Navy Reserve. So he'd have like two weeks active duty. And for like three years in a row, they got to go to Hawaii for active duty. Tough gig, right? Right. Um, so, you know, they would use it as my mom and my dad would go on a vacation. So my dad's, you know, he's working during the day, but then he gets off and they go enjoy Hawaii sure. without kids. Sure. Um, so my grandparents would come up and watch. But, uh, yeah, he always had the joke that he wanted to be come back as an egg timer. Um, and then about a year after he passed, um, 
my grandmother for Christmas got everybody egg timers that were engraved with awesome know. man yeah it's, i still have it i still that's keep it it's right on my mantle oh, that's incredible i mean you know what who that my, my little sister mm-hmm. she looks for hearts my dad must have given her my dad always my dad was a master care package kind of given kind of guy right yeah so from back home he would send us these incredible care packages i have one of his last ones mm-hmm. opened but not unpacked i'm just going to keep it kind of you know, whatever. I, I, I don't know, like pocket knives and bullshit mm-hmm. that he would find on his, you know, travels and stuff. And she's been looking for hearts and she's finding <laughs> a lot of hearts. I think if you're looking, you, know, <laughs> yeah. um, you might see these things. I mean, but, you know, you look at the egg timer. That works pretty. That, that's incredible. That's, that's great. You know, that's that's all you need to. You know, I have little things I find to his, be it handwriting or something on something. And I'll just kind of cut it out and put it in his little pile. I have a little pile of my dad's stuff. And, you know, I've done it uh, three, four times every four or five months. Just go dig through that and have a little, if I'm feeling bummed and have a little cry. And, and then on the flip side, let's think of how much we're saving on groceries and everything will be fine. You know, be fine. <laughs> and he would appreciate that oh, joke. I'm sure. <laughs> he loved, I mean, my dad, what, what was the joke? Oh, this is terrible. I, I shouldn't even, I know, and listen, I know Creative South are a bunch of good, wholesome, God-fearing people down there. They're all praying and all that shit. I know I got to watch myself when I go down there, but I don't, there's a joke. I, I, he, he reminded me of a couple of days ago. One time I had a bunch of buddies standing around. And my dad sure. comes up to us and he just goes, hey, fellas, do you guys know that, that, that rubbers had serial numbers? These guys, what? They look at each other and he goes, you never, <laughs> he goes, you never had to roll it back that far, huh? Oh jeez! I don't, I don't. Don't put that in your podcast. Edit <laughs> that shit out. Edit the yeah. I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> don't put that shit. That makes me look like a fool, you know. And then whatever I said about the, you know, some big squeezy bottle of lube. Get that out of there. <laughs> weird. These are jokes that stupid designers on the road tell each other when they're like, "What are you doing tonight?" And the guys like, "Well, I'm going drinking until I die." And I say, "Oh yeah, I'm going back in that room." And it's could be like a crime scene in an hour. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so weird. So anyway, well, yeah, our, but the whole thing is there's going to be a bunch of designers that listen to it, so we'll all have that I, same I, sick I, twist. I know. I know. As God fearing as some of us can be, we still have that sick twisted uh, no, sense I, of I, humor. I know. I mean, right now, if the roof is to go, I don't know. I go to Catholic heaven. That's all I know. That's what I was told. <laughs> Who knows? You know, or maybe I'll go to the other side of the world to Buddhist heaven. Who knows? The, that's the idea. That's the art of this stuff. None of us know. Isn't that it? And then I'll, I'll challenge you with this. Does the does the universe right this very second, right this very second right now, does the universe have an edge? And if it doesn't, which one's cooler? Huh? I don't think it does. Think about that one tonight, Frost Home. It'll I will. <laughs> move you to tears because if it doesn't have an edge – What's it expanding into? If it does have an edge, what's past the edge? You see what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. This is the kind of shit that's happening right this very second in my pea brain of a mind. That that's what I think about. And it's oddly, oddly, you know, where did my dad go? He died. He died. He died a, on a plane, man, in front of all these people, public, this, that, this, that, this, that we were right there. Did he really? Yeah, he did. He died. I was right there. You know, I got to oh. say goodbye to my dad in front of all. It was very, very public and very weird and and, yeah, and, and kind of cool. If that's how I had to go, oh, well, you know, I, I was there. I'm so thankful I was there. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and yet at the worst of when I'm missing him, I'll just kind of stop myself and go, wait a second. Maybe he's on the other side. Maybe he's in heaven. Maybe he's in hell. Maybe he's in uh, ether. Maybe he's just a worm that you smashed into 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 worm guts, and it just dies right on the pavement, soulless. Maybe he's that, and that all kind of adds up to no sweat. We'll figure it out. I'm not going to put yeah. my ducks into you know what are your eggs into any basket, you know. And it's like so. I talk to him. I'll say, Hey, Dad, mm-hmm. come to me tonight in a dream, and check it out, man. He has a couple times, and that has been incredible. And I get up, and I lose it, you know, and I cry a couple tears and thank him, and then I try to write it down in my field notes and just go, whoa, I have mm-hmm. to just – now maybe in my brain and chemistry and, you know, 
physical nowness, I manifest that for myself and say, you know, you know what it's like. You're, you know, I don't know, yeah. watching something about monster trucks, and that night you have a monster truck dream. I don't, you know, this is how these things work. You talk about an old buddy, he becomes some part of your dream. Maybe that's the way it is with my dad. I don't know, but I, it's really magical when it does happen. You know, but do you really care? Uh, that's what as I'm long as long as you get to see it's him in your the, dream. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and that's where you kind of like trick yourself. Like, you know, I still talk to him. You know, I still deal. You know, of course, I wish he was right here. You know, hounding on me about you know uh, uh, serial numbers on rubbers and stuff. But you know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this was. Um, uh, that's kind of like a gift he gave us too. You know, in a weird way, right. it was like, hey, hey, hey. We're going to get all this time going now and and we're going to make good you know use of our time together. He would always remind us about that. That's one thing I think about him. He would say, hey, we're all here. Mm-hmm. We're all healthy. We're all, you know, he would do these big grace, you know, at, at dinner, you know, grace mm-hmm. at dinner. And he would start to choke up in those last bunch of years because I think it was just, you know, the probability of having us all together and then all of us healthy. And all of us, you know, uh, getting along, you know, and all that kind of shit at the table for a nice Thanksgiving dinner is a moving little moment. And, I, you know, we've got them all. Shit, I've got them. Shit, I, I got everything recorded about my dad. I took pictures of his feet. You should have seen those feet. <laughs> They're so gross. Yeah, I took pictures of his hands, you know, and I, I remember all this stuff. I mean, I, I, you see him slowing down and you just say. So, I, so I, I got to ask this because, yeah. you know, since we're talking and I can see you and not everybody else can see you. You have huge hands. I'm assuming your dad's hands are like I mean, I mean, what catcher's gloves too, like my, or work catcher's gloves too. Little kids, you go. If your hands bigger than your face, fifty-two <laughs> percent chance of getting you know psoriasis of the eye, and you go like this. You know, nail yeah, you. yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're. I think about this because I'll see hands, or I'll shake a kid's hand on the road, you know, and they're mm. pretty, my dad had pretty meaty hands, man, you know, mm. and and. You know, like hands that were like dipped and 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 seasoned in turpentine, Jim Draplin mm-hmm. hands. I mean, because he used to strip all the old paint off all the old oak and shit we grew up around, mm-hmm. uh, these old antiques and stuff that he would rescue. My dad would, you know, clean all that shit up. I like and, the fact that you refer to it as rescuing. Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, that's we we grew up with all this really rare, beautiful old oak, you know, that I've come to find out is actually worth a lot, you know, which is kind of a weird thing. But my dad knew that back then. But we grew up around the smell of turpentine and mm-hmm. uh, paint thinner and and um, stripping agent, whatever that stripping stuff was that you put on the paint. Yeah, yeah. Just chews it away, and he would like with his hands and rags, and I remember that affecting his skin. You know, so his hands, they were like rough, you know, and that's, that's an old way, you know, dudes who make websites and shit, their hands aren't rough anymore. They're soft. Uh, No, mine are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very soft. It's a different thing. Like my dad had splinters and shit. He had like cracked, you know, like the, the tips of your fingers, they get dry or something. That's what my dad had, you know, so I'd sit and hold his hands and just marvel at the, just the sheer inhumanity of it, you know, really, you know? Um, yeah. But I, my father and my father-in-law's hands are like that. He was a uh, metal worker in his own metalworking business. Well, see, right. Me- and his hands are, you know, cracked and gnarled and you know, still got, I mean, he's been retired for close to 20 years now, but he still has like metal shavings under his nails and I, stuff. I, and it's see, that's, well used. See, that's a, there's an art form to that. Mm-hmm. No, I would, I don't know. At the end of this, hopefully long, long, long life. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope to make it to 43, but at the end <laughs> of this life, at the end of this life, you know, I would, I would hope that I beat the hell out of my hands and, 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 and learned how to use them and learned how to, you know, uh, make things with them because you know, that's one itch I have, you know, uh, is just to, to, um, make more stuff. I make a mm-hmm. lot of stuff here, but to build things, you know, like, cut wood and sand it and join it and shit and build stuff. And I, I'm going to have to pursue that. I don't know if it's building a home or some, something in me is, is, uh, I can go back and I think of the last five or six things I've worked on around my house and I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the idea that you need a home, a domicile, you know, to, to live under and you know, a roof, that you could go and start working on things and learning how to, you know, I don't yeah. know, upgrade or, 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 or just make, I don't even know what you call it. Cause you know, when I was a kid, my dad did all that shit. He mm-hmm. did. Uh, you know, we had a c- contractor come over. He's a close buddy, but he's still a contractor 
and you got to yeah. pay the contractor. Like yeah. my dad, he would have known what to do. He would have known and then figured mm-hmm. it out. He might have screwed it all up, but he would have known. <laughs> you know, we've kind of lost that. You know, and that's yeah. That's just kind of freaking me out. I don't know how to put it in a in a better way. It's it's kind of freaking me out. You know, because. You know, I, I think we're losing these things as uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of the world is moving away from the blue collar stuff into more white collar professions like you and I do. Yeah, we just where we, we call somebody and fret that, and then they come and you know figure it out for us for a exorbitant price. And then yes. well, it's not necessarily bad or good, but that's just kind of the deal. You know, hey, my my brother owns a building company. Uh, he's a home builder. And oh, that's cool, man. Is that older brother, younger brother? Younger brother. He's uh, about two years younger. Oh, then you should so. have him, you know, help, you know, have him, you know, build you a bigger mudroom where you're <laughs> from there. I mean, seriously. Yeah, you don't like me sandwiched in between the uh, washing machine and the refrigerator? <laughs> no. I mean, good. I'm, <laughs> well, you're, you're going to see a headline someday on one of these stupid design aggregators. It says, Portland man dies when, you know, wall of garbage, you know, <laughs> explodes in Portland, Oregon. You know, you're going to see that headline, maybe, and hopefully not, but, oh, hell, yeah. man. I used to work in the back of a of a of uh, my little apartment that I had. It was colder than shit back there, and your hands would, like, hurt in the, uh-huh. in the, in the winter of Oregon, you know. But I could get away, I could hide, and that's what, that's what counted, you know, that's what was counting was I could just be away from the riffraff of everybody else fighting and screaming and, you know, fighting over clickers and shit, be it growing up or, mm-hmm. you know, with all my buddies that I moved out west with. But, uh, oh, man, it's I got to get going, man. Are we are we? Are we, are we got, We're are, close. So I want to if I can ask you two more questions and then yeah. we can uh, get out of here. OK, um, so I want to know about your book real quick. Um, yeah, how could I? Because I'm really excited about that. I'm on the uh, pre-order list. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, ooh, how do you even talk about it? You know, listen, of all the things in your life that you just never thought you'd be able to do, mm-hmm. you know, why I say that is because I knew a couple turkeys, they wanted to make a book someday. That's mm-hmm. all right. You know, I get it. You know, a lot of the books I get see, I see get made out there, 1,001 ways to create, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, to, to battle uh, the, the creative block or some bullshit. Listen, garbage. Just throwing it away. Pulp. You know, just, burp, 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 just you know, tree, killing trees. But, right. but, but these guys come along and they say, hey, we want to make a book. You know, and you're just like, but – what am I going to put in there? And listen, I got a lot of work, but I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's worthy of putting it into a, some stupid book, you know, and you, you have these shortcomings and you freak out. And then, you know, my guy, John Gall, just kind of like pounded me and said, listen, I've been watching you. You got a good way about you. Well, let's do it, man. I like how you talk. I like how you think about stuff. I like how vocal you are about bullshit. Let's what, what do we got here? And I just kind of, you know, gave it a little bit of thought. So, you know, got all the contracts and shit going and I got to make a book. We started it in November of 2014, but uh-huh. didn't really touch it. Like after all the stuff was signed and figured out, didn't really even start like kind of pushing shit around till probably April of last year. And then really, I was still on the tour, still, I mean, really start building pages. That was June 15th. We really started to build pages. So June 15th through about, I think it was about October 15th of last year. Uh-huh. That's when I did the book. So I, I pounded everything in there. So what is that? In about five mi- months, you pounded everything back to get to the editors. and Yeah. And I mean, and I, I built it. Um, I wrote it. I designed it. And uh, that's what I was going to ask. Because I mean, so book layout's a different, I mean, it's kind of a different medium than just doing branding stuff. So, well, I, I mean, I mean, I, people might not know it, um, but I would consider one of my strong suits um, publication design. I've done a lot of it and um, I can tear, you know, I can, I can tear a, a catalog, a new ass, no problem. <laughs> I mean, because I, I did it for years for snowboard and stuff and head right. stuff and snowboard magazines and shit, but, you know, all about just, you know, like, like, like doing lots and lots of pages. So I, you know, I knew how to size this one up, no problem and say, here's the grid, here's how it works, here's how it breathes. You know, these are the rules, these are the typefaces. Mm. It's about, you know, it's like two, two and two, you get two colors to work with, two typefaces sure. to work with, two ways of doing it, you know, whatever, these little rules that you make for yourself. And I got going, you know, and it really in no time with a good bit of planning and then a good bit of, you know, dreaming, 
Mm-hmm. I just went through and I assessed what would, what, you know, and I, I kept it very positive. But the coolest part after getting it all done, the, the book is like super affordable. It's 40 bucks retail. And if you go to dvcbook.com right now and don't say nothing for us, Tom, just keep it quiet. You go to ddcbook.com. Right now, you can pre-order that thing. Thanks. You can pre-order that thing for like twenty-five bucks from Amazon, right? Twenty-five mm. bucks. Would you pay for your coffee today? Would you pay when you went to the drive-through at Chick-fil-A down there in Mobile? <laughs> I know you did. It's okay. They're good every now and again when you're in the Atlanta airport. Anywho, yeah. <laughs> no, it's twenty-five bucks. It's two hundred fifty-six pages, full color. Comes with a cover and edges, and words. And big words and stupid. Well, thank you for throwing in those edges. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's um, I'm really really excited, and I'm equally terrified, and that's what we're going to talk about at you know Creative South is really like, you know, what it looks like and what it was. It'll be a big old preview of it, you know, cool, and just a weird celebration of like you guys. You, you, I am surprised, and so are you. And I mean, here's what it looked like. Here's how you do it, you know. And I'll show some of the ramblings and some of the fun shit I dug up making it because I really took it was an opportunity for me to do a scan of all of my garbage, all the way back, you know, uh-huh. and 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 take this big scan and then well start scanning things in and tuning things up and. Um, so, you know, all the way back to when I was born, you know, and then, oh, cool. you know, years by years by years of little funny things and then work when I started mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, make stuff, you know, whatever it was, be it, you know, just drawing and all analog. So I don't know, man, I'm really, really proud, you know, and that's, you can tell how much I talk just in general, <laughs> but it's, it's, I don't, you know, it's just one of these things where when they ask you to do it, you know, my first inclination was to say, nah, that's just not I'm not ready for that and I don't know if I'm, mm. I'm like book material because I know book material eh it's kind of boring sometimes you know and whatever so I, you know, that's why I called it pretty much everything because I really looked at it as like this is my one shot I'm going for it if it goes well cool if it doesn't go well 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 I'm going for it so well I think knowing that you put it together and that you know you picked all this stuff out and you know wrote it and laid it out and all that stuff Shows that you've infused your personality into it. Because you see a lot of books like this where it's it's obvious that the person who did all the stuff didn't put it together. I'm not going to name I names. I know. I know. I know, man. I, I got to be really careful, man, because it's like, I, like, what was the other vessel? Like, mm. I make a shoebox full of stuff, send it to them, tell my story to someone, and someone writes it. Like, we, we had someone who's going to write it, and... I wanted to write it, and mm-hmm. then and then we had kids that were going to design it, and it was like, uh-uh, I'm design. You know what I mean? It was a weird thing. And then you're like, well, vessel A, which is you know, you give it all to someone that's blasted to shit. Now we're making our own little thing, and I don't even yeah. like. Is that too weird? Because you know what people ask me now. I don't know if this says what? about my character, but they'll say this shit. Did you approach them, or did they approach you? You know, and it's like, come on, man. What do I look like here? You know, come on. They came to me, man. I was on knocking on a door. Make me a book. Make me a book. Make me a book. None of that shit. None of that. I'm, I think I may be one of the few people who thought that they probably approached you. Well, I mean, people are asking <laughs> me this stuff at these shows. You know, they're like, you know, I'm in Kansas City and they're saying, well, did the book approach you or, you know, and it's like they came to me. I got a record deal, man. I got a record deal. You know, whatever. They came to me and mm-hmm. brokering. I even pulled back. So. But we'll talk about that more in depth down at Crib South. So it gives you a few people who are listening a reason to keep living. You know, Lenny Terenzi, I know you're listening right now. <laughs> Stay alive, man. Come to the come to the show. And then after that, we can work out whatever you want to work out. But man, just keep it going until Crib South, Lenny. Damn it. All right. Okay. Next le- next final question. I gotta go. I gotta go. The final question was real quick is where can people find you online? 
Oh, come on, man. Draplin.com, 24 hours a day. And be even better than that, fieldnotesbrand.com. You can get some field notes, some cool pens and pencils and graph paper and rule paper and cool shit and nice stuff. Made in America, blah, 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 blah. Fieldnotesbrand.com. And then you can go to ddcbook.com and get that book and get on that pre-order so you don't miss that first printing. Um, it's going. It's real. It's happening. There's mm-hmm. 52,000 words. And that is amazing. So, um, yeah, that's where you go. Do it. Drappin.com, fieldnotesbrand.com, and uh, uh, ddcbook.com. And uh, and then you're on Twitter, yeah. at Drappin, right? Oh, at Drappin on Twitter, at Drappin on Instagram. And for my little puke cousin who writes every couple of years, he says, you've had Drappin.com long enough, I can tell you this much. You'll die before you get it, punk. There you go. <laughs> we good? Are we good? We're good. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, Aaron. Well, listen. Now is where you get to go uh, learn how to edit my stupid, long-winded answers into a nice, what, seven minutes worth of podcast and figure that out. I don't know. I just figure that out. Okay, man. We're going to have a nice edit of a lot.